This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune, I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hi, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we're not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And also today, our animals. Today we'd like to talk about our dogs. (laughs) Which we (laughs) rub on our faces every night. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Um, I was so glad you suggested this. Oh, my dog is staring at us while we record. She's like, I know you're talking about me. <laughs> She's getting that. You better be saying nice things. Ringing in her ear. She's very. Well, they do have very good hearing. They do. Mm-hmm. And they also kind of have a, a sixth sixth sense. Have you ever noticed that yeah. Bo gets a vibe um, about anything going on in your lives? Well, the story that Matt, my husband, always likes to tell is 
I was away and Matt was sick and Bo is not allowed in our bed. I should say. I mean, he's 80 pounds. Like, if Let's set up who we're talking about yeah. in case listeners don't know. Yeah, so Bo, you have a dog I have named a dog Bo. named Bo. He's 80 pounds. He's a real mutt. Um, people always ask what he is, and it's like, he's hard to describe, but if you want to look at him, he's on Instagram, at Beauregard Bosch. <laughs> he is about 60 pounds head. Yes, he's 20 pounds body. Very large head. He's got a slender body, but the <laughs> best head you've ever wanted to Such see on a, a dog. Such a good head. Um, and he's like a coppery color. Yeah, he's beautiful. Like a rust copper color. He's what you would describe as a handsome boy. He is like a, a real handsome boy. He's a very handsome boy. It's very weird the way we talk to our talks. I know. And <laughs> I've about said that them. <laughs> um, anyway, so Bo is not allowed on the bed because that would just open up a whole can of worms that I don't really feel like opening. If he were a small dog, I would maybe consider it, but he's, he's, he's a big boy. Um, anyway, I was away and Matt was sick and he said first Bo came over and was like, sort of like licking him and kind of trying to comfort him. And usually Bo just goes right to bed. Bo's like so lazy. And then Bo jumped up into the bed and started like spooning Matt. Oh, Dory. I know. It was like he knew. That's so sweet. He either knew or he was like, now's my chance. <laughs> He's like, that woman's out of the house. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. So we got Bo. We got Bo a little over two years ago. We've been talking about getting a dog for a very long time and it just, I, I had a dog when I was uh, probably like 25 to like 33, I would say. I remember I followed, before I knew you in real life, I actively followed you on the internet Yeah, and I learned a lot about that dog. Lee, and I, yeah. And when he died, Lee. I cried reading your Tumblr post. Yeah. I wrote a, and I wrote about her in the New York Times. Ugh. I wrote an essay about her. Um, well, she, you know, she saw me through a lot. Like, yeah. I got her when I was single and then, you know, she, she saw a veritable parade of men come <laughs> through my life, <laughs> in and out of my life. Um, and you know, we, we moved apartments, we moved cities, I changed jobs, like, and she, and I talk about this in the essay, like she was like the one constant, like in a very sort of tumultuous period of my life. Mm. She was, she was my constant. Um, and then, Five years went by and I moved to LA. I met Matt. We got married and I'd always kind of in the back of my mind thought I would get another dog. And then Matt really wanted a dog. We didn't think, I don't know. It just didn't seem like the right time. And then of course the thing happened where we were like, let's just go see. Uh, yep. <laughs> Which don't do that if you don't think you're going to get a dog. No, because <laughs> you will get you a will. dog. So, you know, in LA and I think now in California, uh, pet stores aren't allowed to sell um, puppies like from breeders. No, it has to be. We has have to be like rescue. rescue storefronts here in LA. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of, so some storefronts are just always have rescues and then other ones like this Petco at Melrose and Doheny. Um, which is where Bo came from. Which is where Bo came from. Like rescues will come, like this rescue comes twice a month on like two Saturdays a month and like sets up with all their dogs. Um, so we... We went and he, I remember he was just lying in his crate, just kind of like, he just looked kind of bored. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> you know? And we took him for a walk and he seemed, he seemed like a good boy. 
And then we agreed, to, like that rescue does like a five-day trial period. So we did a five-day trial period and that was it. Now he's in your life and now in your house. Now he's in our life and our house. Bed. Not my bed. Although he goes on our bed when we're not home. And then you catch him and sometimes, And then I catch right? him sometimes and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> or he'll get off like, like, like super slowly. Right. He's like, I run this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the story of you getting loose? Loose goose. Loose goose is my tiny mutt. The story is I had a cat. I got a cat within the first week I moved to New York City. I like desperately wanted an animal. And had you had cats growing up? No, we were had we had my family's like the kind of family that always has like the absurd dog. You know how there was a mm. family in your neighborhood that had like beautiful, go- well-behaved golden retrievers? Mm-hmm. My family had a basset hound that had like permanent skin infections that transferred to my mother's skin. Oh, no. Whose name was Lucy. Oh. Well, do you know this? That my no. That when we got my current dog, Lucy, my daughter, Eleanor, was like, Mom, let's name our new dog Lucy so you won't feel sad about your dog dying. <gasps> oh, my God. I was God. like, uh, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Our current Lucy is Lucy number two. You know, I grew up with a beagle basset hound. Oh, really? Did yours smell? No. Okay. She was more beagle. Oh, let me tell you. Um, What was her name? Esther. Oh, cute. She ran away a lot. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, because they're they're on a scent. They're on a scent. They're on the hunt. (laughs) So my family, we also had a terrible Maltese terrier who like growled at everybody and was kind of a monster. Did you have them at the same time? Yeah, but Simon was the Maltese. He died... Lucy died when I was 19. Simon died when I was 27, like a month after my mom died. Oh, God. kind of tragic. I, I know. You, well, you write about, in your book, you write yes. about telling the dog groomer. That's right. Which is one of the, one of the, one of many poignant scenes Just in your book. a charming story about death. <laughs> um, so I didn't, I, but I've always liked cats and my grandmother had cats, but it was just an easier animal in New York as a 22 year old woman with no money and no um, ability to care for anything, including mm-hmm. herself. Um, but I got this cat at the Petco in Union Square. It was this like pathetic looking cat who had, who had given birth, but no one knew where her kittens were. So she had like huge boob milk sacks. Aww. And that cat who we named Cleo became like my best friend in the whole world. And everyone who met her, who claimed themselves not to be a cat person was swayed by this cat. She was just very... You know, everyone will be like, oh, she's like a dog. The truth is cats are amazing. And dog people just will say cats are like dogs to make themselves feel <laughs> like they're not actually cat people. But cats are are one, are one such great pets. And she just was like incredibly loving. And she was she had a really funny personality, very sassy. She like when I went into labor with both my kids would sit next to me while I was while I labored. Like Aww. she totally knew. Something was going on. She's like, I've done this. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It'll be okay. You've got this, girl. <laughs> but then she also was like, resent. Like, she definitely knew when we were having kids, she would like climb in all the kids' stuff and was like, kind of resentful. Like, she was just kind of the only child who then, whose life got destroyed when we had kids. But she moved all across the country with us. And when she was like 15, I think I was going through a like, pro- I wanted a dog desperately. And I think it was probably like I wanted to maybe want another kid. I don't know what the psychological reasoning was. I didn't really want another kid, but I just wanted like a new creature. Mm. I hope that doesn't make me sound too nuts. But I would obsessively, I follow so many animal rescues on maybe Instagram. That's when my parents got a dog. When did they get one? Oh, recently? No, no, no. I mean, after, like, there's three of us. 
my I was in was I in high school or in eighth grade? So my sister was probably six or seven. Yeah, I think there's like an empty nest moment where all the kids are kind of like in school and yeah. parents are like, oh, okay. And they I mean they weren't gonna have a fourth kid. No, they they but they they still want that. Yeah, interesting. Thing. Um, so I would obsessively look at animal rescues and I would also obsessively visit them. And there was one I would go to near where my kids got their hair cut. And we would just go and visit the animals and my daughter would like help take care of them. And I found this one little scraggly haired creature who was, it's not my current dog. Uh, We (laughs) went, I like, I found this scraggly haired sweet little dog who was an adult dog and small and like would, I thought would have been a good fit for our family. Very calm. So I convinced Anthony to go meet them on a Saturday. And instead he was like, I like this one and just picked our current dog out of this little area and he was like let's get and he he kind of had to be convinced and okay. i was so desperate that i was like fine if you like that one right right let's right. just adopt this one right. <laughs> and we just were very st- stupid about it like we didn't have anything at home she was a puppy like we were just it was just dumb I, don't do that i mean we were prepared like it wasn't completely stupid like we had the financial means to care for a dog we had the space for a dog we have a yard we have a fence like you know, and we went through the whole process of a home check and they did all that stuff. Um, so I don't feel like we were super uh, irresponsible about right. it, but I did have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and I okay. and that was probably not the best decision. That being said, my dog is now my, my like best friend. <laughs> I talk to my dog all day long because I work from home and my husband travels a lot for work. So I just like chat to the dog. Yeah. I mean, is that nuts? No. She is a Kate, a super mutt. Remember when I said I wanted to text my dog? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I My dog, it, it's taken me, because I loved my cat so much, and I should say that my cat hated the dog, and then she died a year after we got Lucy. So Cleo died when she was 16. And like, I still miss Cleo. That's my cat. Hmm. Like Cleo would at bedtime, she would come into the bed with me and just lie down next to me. And I would spoon her like a Hmm. stuffed animal for for 16 years. I mean, that's weird, but she was just the best. So I, the dog, like the cat was my number one. Okay. But Lucy is just a very loving kind of like beta personality. She's a little skittish. She's scared of everything. She's scared of water. She, but she sleeps with us every night Mm. and she like will come up to us when she's like ready to go into the bed. But she also does this thing. Like if one of us goes to bed and the other person's out here working or doing something, she stays and waits until the other person gets up to go. Yeah. Like she's just, Bo does that too, except (laughs) like he would just fall asleep. And so (laughs) there, I mean, there, there were weeks, especially when Matt was on hiatus and he was staying up late, like Bo would just sleep in the living room. And we got like, we got kind of offended. You like missed him. Well, because we ha- he has a bed in our bedroom. Yeah. Like, he doesn't sleep in bed with us, but he sleeps in the bedroom. But now that Matt has started going to bed at the same time I do, Bo comes like lumbering <laughs> in. He's like, do, do, do. <laughs> what are like for you, the, because we talk a lot or, or we've touched upon, I think, like pets as a self-care thing. And yes. like, I think pets can be really or, or dogs especially can be challenging because they do require a lot of time. There's a cost element. Yeah. Like even if your dog is healthy, like the vet, and if you need to take them to a border or have somebody watch them, like there is yeah. um, a cost involved. Cats are, I want to say, a bit more affordable. Yeah. Um, you can also leave cats alone. Yeah, for 
overnight. You yeah. Can't really do that with dogs. No. Yeah. No. Um, so there's that's a, that's kind of a dogs are neatier. Oh, this dog. It's like if I have not like in the morning when I wake up and I put on my shoes to say like go if I was gonna go act to an exercise class, the dog is like, You're walking me, right? Like right. she just like gets like <laughs> She gets real pumped. No, they're needy, but what are some of like the, do you feel the benefits to your mental health and your well-being that your dog has given you? Well, I think especially since Matt and I have been doing IVF for almost as long as we've had the dog. Like I think we started IVF like a month after we got Bo. I think it's helped us to have something else to think about. Yeah, yeah. And to care for another living being. And to really focus on that, like, not that Bo's only purpose is to be a distraction, but there's something really rewarding about that. Um, and of course, he doesn't like replace having a child, but I think I think it's also like, it's been interesting to see how we care for him together. Um, and I think that's been really rewarding. Um, you know, also just like really basic things like being able to snuggle. I know. Like I just like to snuggle with him and like I'll be lying. We have a we have like a sectional sofa that has like a chaise part. So I'll like lie on the chaise and he'll jump up and like snuggle in with my legs. And mm, it feels so good. It just feels so good. And you're just like, oh, this is like a big furry living creature. I love like Anthony and I both like summon the dog to our bed and hold the covers up so she can like get underneath. Aww. I think we both. I think we both feel weird if she's not sleeping with us. At yeah, night. it's really comforting. Right between us, I just love like the smell of her weird dogness. Totally, and I think also for me, um, Bo like Bo has had some issues. Yeah, you've been through the ringer. We've a little been bit. through the ringer with him a little bit, like. In the beginning, he had really bad separation anxiety. Um, he broke a window. That's right. Like trying to get trying out. Trying to right? get out to get to us. And so, excuse me. So since then, we've we've had to work with him. He, he Like we were able to fix that pretty quickly with the help of a trainer. Um, but then he had some aggression issues that were based in anxiety. And so we've been taking him to this veterinary behaviorist. And now he's on Prozac. And so like, am I. Bo and I are on the same anti-anxiety uh, yeah. medication. Yeah. But you 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 weren't like indiscriminately lunging at people as you walked through <laughs> no, the I neighborhood, didn't. were you? <laughs> I, I didn't bust through a window to yeah. get to you. No, I wasn't. I was I was um, just having compulsive thoughts. Yeah, just, but I yeah I think he probably was too. Yeah. Um, poor guy. I know, poor little, poor big little guy. Um, but that's also been really rewarding for me to see his improvement. And I don't think he'll ever be like the type of dog that like. With my old dog, Lee, she also had some issues, but she, like, I had parties where she just hung out. Yeah. She didn't care when, like, strangers came over, whereas, like, Bo does care. But but he's gotten so much better, and that's just been, like, really nice for me to see. It's been really gratifying, and he's so much happier, which is, like, also really gratifying. It's amazing how much you put into your animals. Yeah. You know what I mean? How much of an investment they are. Like, I, I think that... um I find it very annoying when people compare having a pet to like having a child because I don't think it's right. the same thing. But I also feel like it is very similar. Like I can see both. Um, totally. you know, that that well, comment think, is very controversial and polarizing. I, think especially, but I do think especially with a dog or with a puppy. A puppy is a puppy is a baby. Yes. And yeah. you obviously it's not you know, a human, but right. it, you do have to provide around the clock care for those freaking yes. puppies. 
Yes. And and your investment and your um, unconditional love for them is is very deep and real. Here she comes. What about you? Did you get summoned over here, Lucy? Hello. Um, Hi, Lou. Are there any other kind of self-care related things that you feel like she fulfills for you? <sighs> That's very interesting. Well, I do love, like, especially when we first got her, it gave me a reason to be like, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to go walk for 20 minutes. Totally. I'm going to get out of the house at night and just, um, you know, sometimes often I listen to a podcast or something, but also like I just take in the world and it's so nice. I mean, you know, I talk a lot about smells, Mm -hmm. a very scent oriented person, but I love being, you know, just walking. It's the air is cool. You know, in the morning, I love getting up early with her and taking her for a walk or like I was taking her for a bunch of hikes last year. I just feel like it gives you kind of a purpose yeah, and a reason to get out of bed or get out of your house. Which yeah, because you have to. You have it's to. It's not negotiable. No, if I don't take this dog for a walk, she'll chew my shoes. Yeah. Like she gets, she's like, fuck you. Right. Okay. I have energy I need to get yeah. out. So um, to me, that's really been really, really rewarding. I yeah. love walking my dog. And um, I also feel like my kids are involved like this morning I was in a rush to take one of my daughters to camp and I just like shouted at the five-year-old to feed the dog and she can do it you know she can like go get the dry food I left the wet food for her on the counter she can mix it in and feed the dog so there's an element yeah, of that's awesome of them learning to care for another thing and I mean also like the five-year-old climbs all over the dog <laughs> the dog is not into it but I do think you know there is an element of responsibility that's beyond just myself like yeah it, it helped teaches my kids to care for something and totally um that's been really cool and i also i also really i think there's value in rescuing animals yes now look i eat animals yeah it, this is loaded with hypocrisy yeah obviously but i i have found that rescuing animals has been very rewarding i agree justin now again you know i could do more we could all we could all do more do but, more you know i mentioned this in the most recent newsletter but i recently started following the positive change program on instagram i saw that that's so amazing it's it's a really amazing program they take dogs they, from high kill shelters like dogs on death row essentially and they do a program in california prisons where they work with men and teach them how to train dogs that's so cool and like, yeah, dogs are just so great. They're like really helping these prisoners. It's amazing. I Do you follow Susie Senior Dogs on Instagram? No. What? You don't know about Susie Senior Dogs? Dory. Let's start following them. Oh my God. Right. I freaking love now. Susie Senior Dogs. I want to adopt a senior dog so much. It's, she, it's a person who basically just promotes, who has two senior dogs but also promotes senior dogs who are up for adoption all across the country. Dory is typing away. I think it's S-U-Z-Y. I can't remember exactly how we spell Susie, but look, we will link right, to Susie's link senior to dogs. It. But that's a must follow if you are into dogs and dog rescue. Um, but, you know, let us know about your dogs or your pets. Yes, Kate. Can I say one more thing? Yes. I also feel like losing an animal is such a huge enormous loss like losing your pet and oftentimes it's not treated with much gravity Mm -hmm. but it is like losing a a person oh it's devastating it's devastating 
And I just wanted to say that in case anybody has gone through that and experience, it's, it's deeply upsetting and hard and it changes your whole life when your animal is gone. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I had a friend lose a dog recently and I just was thinking of her as we were talking and it's just super, it's so hard. It's so, so hard. if you've gone through and I, I, I just feel like it's a valid reason to be very upset for a long time. And a lot of times we don't allow that for people. Yeah. So I just want to like, just say that. I don't know why I had to talk in a Valley girl accent to make it, make it um, not serious, but I really, I, I mean, I still miss my cat. And I, th- I think yeah. a lot of times people are like a cat. All right. I talk about Lee and Matt's like, <laughs> what <laughs> could we I still have like her leash and collar dude totally my cat's ashes are in the living room in a beautiful floral box and one time i like i used to just have them like hanging in a oh. closet one time Bo went into the closet and like pulled oh. it out and i was like oh, oh shit that is spooky this is weird i should like put these in a place where he can't get to them do you think he wanted to go for a walk or was he like connecting with the spirit of lee I think it was connecting with this. Totally. I do too. Yeah. I would love to see listener animals. Yes. Any can, creature at yes. all. Send them to us on Instagram. We'll put, we'll post them on that our stories. That would be a fun gallery. Yeah. yeah. Dogs, cats, bugs. Yeah. Horses. Fish. Anybody. Turtles. Hamsters. Snakes, guinea pigs. Whatever. I love it all. I love um, it our Instagram is forever 35 podcast as a reminder. And our Twitter is forever35pod. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 781-591-0390 and email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And we're going to take a quick break. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Kate, I feel like we are, like, barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me me just tell you why. Yeah, get into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no, I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst now you don't have to worry about it. 
Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so... This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be 
redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Amina Tussauds. Hello. Hello. Hi, y'all. Hi. Oh, boy. Um, I know a lot of our listeners know who you are, but I'm just going to read a brief bio. So that oh, no, the Dory. Ignorant That's so among embarrassing. Us. <laughs> no, no. Well, do you want to introduce yourself and just say who you are? I'm just a friend of the pod. <laughs> Um, I'm a big Cardi B fan. (laughs) (laughs) And you're the co-host of one of our favorite podcasts, Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long distance besties everywhere. Yeah. Yay! 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 I am so happy to be here. I love... It's like I get so excited. Sunday is my day to listen to podcasts. To podcasts. But I've been like behind a lot. And then some shows, like when I'm behind, I'm like, sorry, statute of limitations has passed. Like, I don't believe in... I do not believe in hoarding podcasts. You are the podcast in the newsletter that I hoard. And it's a problem because I'm like going poor doing it. What have you bought? That's from like our the, yeah, that's <laughs> the underbelly. That's Teach the us. underbelly of Forever Thirty Five. It's like all these like broke ladies going, "Oh my god, I like couldn't pay a rent this month because oh I'm like, into a new routine." Uh, yeah, we need a support group. Also, <laughs> for ourselves, I know for myself too. I'm yeah. starting. I've had to like cut back. Yeah, totally. On in the skincare aisle at Target, it gets a little much. I mean, Target is like one big scam. It's like you go in there for one thing and you're like $700 later. Literally. It's the scam. I know. Literally. You often talk about scammers and I feel like Target should be up there. Oh, yeah. No, Tar- Target is like one big. It just, yeah. It It is that thing of you feel like you are going to a place with like affordable price points, but then you want everything. Yes. Yep. And then you spend like you said, $700 and the whole purpose of Target is voided. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. That's literally the Target business model. Yeah. They're like, make them feel like European royalty in here. <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, you're like wilding out in the dollar aisle, the dollar bin. Ugh. Um. Well, your podcast is also self-care for us yeah. and for a lot of our listeners. So thank Aww. you. Um. You recently had an episode about body positivity that I feel like I need to listen to again. It was so good. Yeah, it really it came at the right time for yeah, my ears. Totally. Body posy. Yeah, I know you know, like I am I feel like I'm learning my body for the first time. I um feel like people are gonna get sick of me saying this, but like I had cancer this year and last year. And Say it. uh it is this weird 
I just, I have just like never been connected to my body and having a hysterectomy forces you to reckon with your body in the way that like you might not want to, but now yeah. you have to. And so it's like, I was telling Anne on our show, I'm like, oh, it's like, it's kind of like the first time where I'm like, oh, this is my knee. This is my shoulder. Yeah. This is my chest where I just in just so many ways, I, for a long time, it wasn't that I was body positive. It's that I'm like very body ignorant. And, uh, and I think that like being sick forces you to reevaluate that, but also like being into skincare, like forces you to like evaluate your, like the organ of your skin. Yeah. And there is something like weirdly very like soothing and cool about that. What are some of the soothing and cool things that you do for your skin? So I, it's funny, I actually like secretly like love to punish my skin. Like my favorite thing in the whole world is exfoliation. Ooh, <laughs> like, uh-huh. I am an exfoliation freak, whether it is like in the shower or it's to my face. I just, you know, like not to go like full therapist on you, but I think it, it has like a lot to do with like childhood issues probably. Oh, go not on. Probably, like truly. Well, so in the sense where like I, um, I was sexually abused as a kid and, uh, and I think that, and this is the thing that I've talked to a lot of people who've had like some form of sexual trauma is that like, taking a shower when you are stressed out is like one way to deal. Like Mm -hmm. I do that constantly. Truly. Like I know when I'm about to get depressed by how many showers I'm taking. Oh, Um, because anytime I get stressed out, I'm like shower time. And, uh, you know, and then I take a nap for four days. So that usually (laughs) like, that's usually like, yeah, that's not going great. Um, but I think that like, for me, a lot of like being in, like I do have an obsession with like being clean. I was definitely like OCD for a while that has tampered down a lot. Thank you, Zoloft. Um, even though I'm not sure that's what the Zoloft does, but I'm going to claim that it does. <laughs> and, but I am like super obsessed with being clean and I'm super obsessed with like being scrubbed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think that also like culturally, like my people are like scrubbing kind of people. And so it's like Muslim people like grow up going to hammam. I like, in like adult life have like kept to that it's like everything in my shower is like a scrubbing mitt or uh you know like some something to just like remove like dead skin from your body mm-hmm. and i'm just also obsessed with like gross dead skin like i love it's my same obsession with ocd it's like something is dirty and then it becomes clean i'm like oh that's cool it's satisfying in that way it is very satisfying it's like cleaning your tub it's just like oh look at that grime go away yeah how did that change or not change uh, when you got cancer? Man, I, I'm such a bad cancer patient. Like, <laughs> it wasn't until I got an email from you that I was like, oh, I should have probably looked at what was in my beauty products. <laughs> oh. <laughs> where, uh, I don't know. Like, it was the kind of thing where I feel it's like a little bit of my life is definitely a fear factor. Like that's what happens when you get super into like Japanese skincare, you know, cause you're like, I can't really read this label, but somebody on the internet said it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, nothing really changed. 
I think that I, the thing that probably has changed more is that I'm just much more aware of what my body looks like. And mm. so, uh, I, like, my surgery was laparoscopic, but, um, I only have, like, four incisions and you can truly only see two of them. Like, one is in my belly button. Like, what? Dr. Cohen is a genius. Whoa. And the other one just, like, faded away. And then I have these, like, two very tiny spots. And so I like, I'm just so much more aware of that. I couldn't take a bath for like 10 weeks or soak in water for 10 weeks after surgery. So I would say that the thing that changed the most was my, um, it was that it's like, you can't, after you have a hysterectomy, you can't put anything in your vagina, whether it's like water or penis or like anything. And I was like, wow, this is really challenging my spa game. And <laughs> <laughs> so mostly it was like around that stuff, but I didn't sweat it too much. Um, I, I definitely got into like more gentle stuff, I would say, where I was like, okay, less abrasive, more like soothing kind of things. But if I'm honest, like I'm not a big label reader, so I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think there's this cultural obsession with like, if we read the labels, that's what will, will save us or keep us healthy. And I think that's kind of a bullshit and unfair to put on people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm not a scientist. I just like to be <laughs> clean. Like whenever I read all these, like, you know, like skincare blogs and they're like, and then the hyaluronic acid does this and just does that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I like literally went to a liberal arts school, so I would never have to like know what a pH balance is. So it just, it just doesn't appeal to me. And I am also just like very honest with myself where I'm like, okay, this is not knowledge that I need to have or I need to know. Like all I know are like basic terms, right? I'm like, I like exfoliating and I love moisturizing. What are two ways that like I get there? But I don't need to know the like scientific breakdown of things. The minute like things start having percentages on them, like every time I go to the ordinary and I get stressed out, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, there is a percentage here. I was like, which one will make my face feel dewy? And then they tell me and then that's what I take. It is very confusing. I, I like we're supposed to know that two percent retinol is different from five percent. I, I have no idea. And what interacts with what? Oh, and yeah, it's like I still don't know class. what retinol yeah. is. I like truly don't know. Like a lot of women in my life use it, and then when they get pregnant, they're like, "I can't use this. Does somebody want it?" And I'm like, "I'm like, I don't know. If you can't use it when you're pregnant, like I am not pregnant, but you know, I also value my body, so." If it's not good enough for the pregnant ladies, I don't want it. Yeah. Maybe um, we should be using it. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad That's point. usually how I feel. But yeah, but I think that there is an obsession with like, um, you know, with like knowing so much. And the truth is that like a lot of people just don't know. They're literally just, you know, it's like when I look at like all of the so-called like beauty care gurus, I'm like, I'm sorry, you don't look like you can do simple addition. Like, <laughs> why should I trust you with like the science of my face? Uh, um, well, well, as we say, we are not experts. No, don't trust us. <laughs> don't trust us. Here. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> use what works for you. Also, also, like, I, I don't know. I am, like, obsessed with doing that dermatology, like, skin patch test because that's what makes me feel like, that's what makes me feel actually like I'm being a responsible citizen of skincare. So you actually will skin test and then give yourself 24 hours? 
yeah i'll skin wow. test i'm not trying to melt my face like are you kidding me <laughs> and so that's my like one thing i'm like i don't understand what all these acids are but if i put it in the inside of my hand and then the next day it hasn't burned down chances are it's gonna be fine Oh boy, I've never, I've never once skin tested. Dory, do you skin test? Uh, no. Wow, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I probably. But are should. you also just using things that you know a lot? Like I, um, you know, as a cancer influencer. <laughs> wow, a sentence I've been dying to say all day. Oh, um, I just like I get sent a lot of stuff, and so uh, it's truly not because I'm a cancer influencer. It's because like people who work for brands like don't know what to do with me. But so whenever I see things that I have never used before, like, I don't care if it comes in a fancy bottle. I'm like, this is going to melt my face. Like, that's my mm. that's my starting point for all skincare. And so I will, you know, like, I'm like, OK, if I feel so inclined, sometimes I'll read reviews about it on the Internet. But my other thing is that whenever I read Internet reviews, I just assume that all those women are white. Like, I have mm. no yeah. I have zero evidence, but I'm just like all of these people are white. And so if it works for this white lady, it's probably going to melt my face. <laughs> so I need to figure it out in the crook of my arm. I'm telling you, it just that's the only responsible thing I do. So what do you use on your face? I mean, I am not super. Here's the thing. I'm not like brand loyal at all. I jump around a lot. Um, right now, my current brand loyalty is to Aesop. And Ooh. only because I went to the Aesop store and it is like Target where you go in there and these like nice Australian people just like are like, give us all your money. So Dory um, is a big Aesop fan. I am a fan. It just smells so I, nice. You know, I love Aesop. I don't have like Aesop millions, but <laughs> sure. here we are. But so, Aesop hundreds. I know, but they give you, they like, like Sephora, they will generously give you samples. Oh. So, oh yeah, so many samples, yeah. but I don't like sample story because oh. I am trying to live a life of not having a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And one dirty secret of the skincare game is that if you don't pay attention, you just have all this free shit in your house, but it's not shit that you need. Yes. Yeah. No, so that's definitely it's, true. It's irritating. Yes. So it is irritating. But um I'm super loyal to Aesop right now because I like I just like to do all of my shopping at one place. And so, and they have moisturizers that I like to get down with. I still really love the Glossier priming moisturizer. Oh, I yes. use that as my main moisturizer. Like, I don't have to wear makeup. I just like how it feels on my mm. face. Um, I do pop into The Ordinary because they have one in Cobble Hill. And I love the girls who work at the one here. And um, and truly, I went in and I explained to them my problem. I was like, I have some hyperpigmentation and my skin is really dry. They gave me a couple things and those things like work. So there you go. That's all I you need. Do, so I do that. And then and then I have all this Japanese stuff I keep buying on Amazon. Like I truly can't even tell you names. I think one brand is like Hada Labo. And uh, my whole game is I want my skin to feel clean and I want to feel like I am over moisturized. So I'll do that. I probably yes. do a skin mask. Uh, I probably do a face mask like um, probably every night at this point. Ooh. But that's also because I'm bored. It's not because I have a routine. <laughs> um, I'm just like America's most bored cancer patient. <laughs> Uh, um, so like I'll do that and then what else but yeah I don't I'm not like super brand loyal it's I will I like what I like but I also like it in phases right 
Um, I I have a question also. I have another cancer question. Go for it. Um, before you got cancer, were you someone who was comfortable asking for help? No. Are you kidding me? My God. Like, even now, I'm terrible at asking for help. I'm just blessed with friends who are like, you look like you're falling apart. <laughs> Let me step in. <laughs> so, that's, so if I'm perfectly honest, like, that's what's going on here. Um, but here's what I will say. I was always, um, I've been like historically like terrible at asking for help. I think that some of it is pride, but I would say that most of it is just like not wanting to be a burden, Mm. you know? And, uh, and that's like historically a thing that I've always dealt with, but I'm also friends with like literally the most generous human beings in the world. And so it has, um, you know, and there is also something like really hard about, like when you're friends with people for a long time, just feeling like you are like, not only do you have a problem, it's going to be an ongoing problem. You know what I mean? So like in the bank of friendship, in the like you put in deposits and you do withdrawals, mm. you're like, I'm making a lot of withdrawals right now. And there is something about that that feels to me like it feels like indulgent. It feels shameful. All of these things. I'm like 90% over it because asking for help is lit. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> you like need something and it gets done. My friends are all way more competent than me. So like things are amazing. I, um, my, my our Dory, our friend Shawnee. Yes. Was who my like main uh, nurse was. Nurse Shawnee. Nurse Shawnee. Shawnee. And nurse shawnee first of all is like a boss at work can you imagine what she's like at home it's just like everything is great right and you know like she's beautiful which like definitely helps in every situation she's like super kind she's understanding but also she's like um she's not bossy at all so truly like all you feel is like she never makes you feel bad for like needing her. Mm. And I think that I'm still working through like a lot of issues that I have about, you know, like not feeling like, okay, this person did a huge thing for me. So I owe them something. Yeah. Right. That's not how like long-term friendships work. Um, you know, and a lot of that is truly like my own shit, but you know, now that I like, I have received a lot of help. I'm like, oh, all I want is help. Life can be like this. This is wild. <laughs> Opened a door. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's amazing to seeing what friendship truly is. And in, in these kind of moments, you really realize like what it actually means to care for someone in that way. And it's yeah, it's it's really moving. It really is. Like you know, and especially like for me, I'm like I am. Uh, it's like I'm not super close to my fam. So like my friends are 100% my fam. And just watching the ways that everybody around me has stepped up mm. is like one, it's been like really humbling. But you know, like, not to say that these are the things that like friendship is made of. It's not some like for richer or for poorer shit. <laughs> in sickness and in hell. But it really should be because that is the kind of commitment that you make to your friends. And it's not, um, you know, but that's not the way that society treats it. And, you know, and I can truly, you know, I like my friends get a, like a pass for at least like the next seven years on like any sorts of bullshit because I'm like, you literally saved my life. Yeah. 
That's amazing. That's- Do you love that seven years is what I put on um, <laughs> saving your life? <laughs> that's the that's what it's worth. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's very Talmudic. Seven years, all all debts wiped clean. Do you? Um, I'm obsessed with your Instagram stories, and one of my favorite things is when you talk about being an Aries. And you identify so <laughs> deeply as an Aries. And I love it. And I'm like a cancer with Aquarius moon and all this other shit. Wow. So I, I know I'm on the other end of things. <laughs> but I'm curious, like, did your Ariesness come? Like, how does it come through in your day to day life? Did you feel it come through in, in dealing with getting a cancer diagnosis? I mean, is that something that is always there and a part of you man you're calling out you're calling out all my scams today so here's my feeling (laughs) about astrology i don't actually believe in astrology you know what i mean there's like six billion of us and there's 12 signs the chances are you fit into one of these like categories are very strong you know what i mean if there were like a thousand signs i would be down to like give people some slack but like i don't believe in astrology but what i like about astrology is that it like gives us a common language to talk about stuff Mm. and i like how preposterous it is so um and the thing that's funny is that like my mom was an aries too and we are so different in Mm. temperament and so and my mom was obsessed with the horoscope like growing up and it was really funny because she was like very muslim and you're not supposed to do like bullshit like horoscopes if you're like a devout Muslim woman. But like, you know, she's like out here doing Ramadan and like sneaking the horoscope like, every week. <laughs> and and the thing about that is that like I, I had like zero respect for it when I was growing up. And it was such a thing that we would clash with. And like, surprise, surprise, after my mom died, like I like reading the horoscope was like a thing that I found that was like, oh, like now I kind of get what my mom enjoyed out of this. But I also think that on the internet, like horoscope performativity is like, there's something about it that is hilarious. And, and so like the air, like I don't identify with a lot of Aries, but the things that I identify with, I identify with strongly. <laughs> so, you know, cause you're supposed to be this like very brash, like whatever leader. And I'm like, I'm only an Aries on Instagram. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like a- Aries in the streets, not in the sheets. So it is this, it like, it's just like very wild. I'm like, I really appreciate the common language that it gives us, but like, you know, I'm not being like Susan Miller is like, don't buy a television this month. Like do a, you know, like a, don't get a nose job next week or whatever. And I'm like, listen, these are not problems that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, do you believe in like mercury retrograde? No, because isn't it all the time? Like every time I look around, the moon is in the new thing and it's always like mercury retrograde. Again, I just think that it gives us like common language to talk about shit that we're going through. It's like every day is actually the same like for the rest of your life. And so you can either like participate in this thing that like makes you feel really happy and, you know, and, and it's not to say that like spiritual things are bullshit. Like I actually like the older I get, the more spiritual I'm becoming. And, Mm -hmm. and I do think that it grounds you. And I think that it gives you a vocabulary to talk about your beliefs, but really, you know, it's, I think that especially for those of us who come from like religions, like home religions that we've abandoned, 
um, astrology is a really easy way to feel like you're participating in some sort of church with other people. It's the same instinct. That seems like it's happening a lot now as I was watching The Bachelorette this week and they saged the old bachelorettes came on and then saged the new bachelorette. Like they literally smudged her. I know. I lost my mind at that. I was like, Rachel, are you for real? (laughs) You know what it is? It's like the president is bad. Like when the president is bad, we all go into doing weird stuff. Like when when Obama was around, there was less need for sage. And now it's like we have a bad president. So I'm like, not only am I watching The Bachelorette, I literally have a skincare routine now. And I'm like drinking a gallon of water because it's not lit in the presidency. So like, this is what you do. You retreat inside of yourself. Right. And, you know, and I think that there is like so many people make fun of the stuff. And actually, like, I think that a lot of that is rooted in sexism and in like a lot of internalized misogyny. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. There is nothing wrong with having spiritual beliefs, no matter how preposterous they are. I'm like, Mary literally out here trying to make people believe she like didn't bone anybody and had a baby. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is a preposterous (laughs) belief. And, you know, and, and astrology and like witchcraft and all these like kind of, you know, like new internet things. I think are just a rejection for people of the religions that we grew up with and the kind of like self-care or lack of self-care that we saw in our homes. And this is one way that we know how to talk to each other. And it's one way that we know how to take care of each other. Mm, I love that. Oh, as I always say, Mm. I love that. Mm, Just a sigh. (laughs) You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay, okay, I know. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed, They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 
at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code over 50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. You you recently like unfollowed Kim Kardashian on Instagram because of her like weight loss <sighs> lollipops. And I feel like it's like when are these pop culture people like you always take them with a grain of salt, but when they disappoint you, it it is truly an unsettling. I know. Like there I are know. there are self care in a way, but then they, when they fuck up, you're like, God damn it! Now I can't even enjoy you. <sighs> this is very hard for me because I've been a Kim stan since day one. Like I think she is one of the hardest working women in America, and this is true because most people in America do not work hard. No, we you don't, don't have to respect her work, but she actually does work hard. She is literally out here making jobs for like mil- every time a baby is born in that family, a new job is created. <laughs> it's like she is like single handedly holding up the economy. They're also like you know they're also like for all intents and purposes, I would say probably not Chloe. They're a very positive family. Like the Kardashians only beef with other Kardashians kardashians you know what i mean like yeah. never hear them say a word out of turn about anybody else like it's like all family drama but here's the thing that drives me nuts as you know as the ancient proverb always says don't follow your heroes on social media they will disappoint you <laughs> i'm just like kim you have two one you have too much money to be doing the kind of spawn con that you're doing you yes. know what i mean it's like yes. wh- whenever i see celebrities do like like worrisome spawn con like when george clooney is like shilling nespresso or something i'm like do they know something about the economy that i don't know like (laughs) is the economy bad and like george clooney has to like save up some coins you know like what's going on here and it's the same thing with kim i'm like when she's like shilling all these like waist trainers or whatever i I just like cannot imagine that these are like billion dollar deals. And I'm like, Kim, you are a billion dollar deal mama now. Like this is, this is just bad. And, and the thing about it that like particularly drives me nuts about a lot of these like Instagram, like nonsense things where everybody basically is just like shilling laxatives. Right. Is that like, they know that their fans are young and, and that's like one moral thing that like really irks me, you know, even though I'm like parents, like if your kids are like out here buying like laxative lollipops, like you should really question your own parenting. Like that's not Kim's fault. That's your fault. But also I'm just like, are we still lying about this? Like, yeah. you know, like eating like seven, like tummy tea lollipops is not how you get the body of Kim Kardashian, you know? Like, right. There's something like so fundamentally dishonest and like not cool about it. And, uh, you know, so like one, I'm like, this is not enough money. Like there's not enough money in the world to make you do this kind of stuff. But also like two, you're like better than this now. You mm-hmm. know, like you've already done this. You've like d- hosted the parties, like sold the things. What is the point of capitalism if you still have to keep doing these things at your level? I'm like, this is truly not what leveling up is. Right. And it's just so fundamentally dishonest that I'm really tired of it. And so it's her. And I like any celebrity who does like these kinds of endorsements. Like for me, I'm like, I will still do drive-bys. I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch the Kardashians. But you don't need like me unfollowing Kim like does nothing to her empire. Like that's what (laughs) I'm trying to do. But I just like, I just, I'm like, I can't have you in my face right now. Like, this is so dishonest. Like, we've so moved on past this. Yeah. And it just, I'm just, I'm just so tired of these celebrities too, you know? And I think that some of it is that 
the beauty of Instagram is that you are watching the disintegration of celebrity. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like Jennifer Garner is out here literally trying to sell baby food. I was like, what? This is nuts. Yeah. Like they're all, you know, like everybody made fun of Gwyneth Paltrow, but she was truly the first one there. Like yeah. she like got there. And she like, at least, you know, it's like, at least her thing looks classy for however scammy it is. But like, they're all just trying to be here. I was like, oh, none of you actually want to be actresses. You want to be rich. And the only talent that you have is like licensing your name to like bad things. Lindsay Lohan for lawyer.com. I know. You know, I'm like, Lindsay, like, where was this endorsement 10 years ago? Like, (laughs) 10 years too late. Also, do you really want to go to the same lawyer as Lindsay Lohan? I mean, talk about a terrible match. Woof, I know. Um, But you know what I'm saying? It's just one of these things that I'm like, oh, actually, like, the dream of acting, like, pays no money. Like, that's not, it's like, even George Clooney is out here, like, literally selling, like, candy bars and shit. (laughs) Like, that, that is not a lucrative, like, life model well and there was that whole theory i I think who weekly was talking about this like the whole theory that he only wanted to be invited to the royal wedding so he could like shill his tequila 100 (laughs) percent. you know they sold that tequila for like i think like a billion dollars it might actually be more and they don't even own the tequila like it's just the name like everything is licensing it's the same thing with the trump business yeah Yeah. where you're like oh he doesn't like build hotels he just like gives his name to things totally and i've I've been thinking so much about that Ellen Pompeo Hollywood Reporter cover story where like um, there is like a real reason they don't let Ellen Pompeo like do interviews because she dropped too many truth bombs in one story. They're like hold her back. And she was truly like, yeah, she's like getting paid to act is like stupid. She's like, you want to make things. And it's so fascinating to watch, like to watch like our generation where we went to like, oh, that was real celebrity to now it's like, no, it's like, dumb like startup founders are the famous people you know and like sports people are famous and to see like the people who make movies and be like oh you're actually like the lowest paid person on this entire totem pole so and because they don't have skills the only skill that they have is their name and their celebrity they have to sell dumb shit but it's like sell shit that you're worthy of you know yeah it's a good motto yeah well, in conclusion, read a fucking book. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the, but the read a book thing too is this where I um, nothing is new under the sun. I think. Yeah, it's all I, the same. You know, it's funny that you were talking about like you know like uh, saging happening now and like astrology and all this stuff. All we do every day is like wake up and go like, what did our parents used to do, and what's a like new fun twist that we can put to it? You know, like none of this stuff is new. Yeah. And young people particularly are like huge idiots about like thinking that they've invented things. But like I said, like I like I'm very aware of my own limitations. Like I'm not a scientist. I'm like (laughs) not an activist or whatever. I'm like the one skill that I do have is like, you know, I'm like, I'm an above average reader. And here is what like reading has taught me. Nothing is new. Yeah. And so, and I think that like one skill that people do not have in the digital age and probably like people have never had it. It's why like, it's why we love scam stories so much is that, um, And now you just get them at a velocity that is so, it's just like so rapid. And it's just like people don't, um, they're not discerning enough. 
and they also like don't understand when they're being sold something especially when that something is a lie Mm. and the truth is that like nobody's inventing things like we ran like nobody's making things out of scratch like we ran out of scratch like a third day on the earth (laughs) and and you like you need to know that it's not this thing where like you look at everybody and you're like oh like you like you're you know like the thing that you're making is not worth it but the truth is that like you know we're 21st century people we're very lucky we live like in the best time in history like truly like truly we do it's like the only day that will be better than today is tomorrow and people just need to know that it's like the reason that you can live this like a great life that you do or this like above average or even if your life is shitty is because like people like invented things that you that you depend on and i think that especially now that like being woke is like such a thing you know yeah people think that like the woke people just have vocabulary that they don't and i'm like no they just like stole that from somewhere else (laughs) and i do say stole because not giving attribution is really one of the most uncool things you can do i was like i think especially if you call yourself woke Mm -hmm. people like legitimately died and were persecuted so that you can have the beliefs that you have especially if you call yourself a feminist especially if you call yourself like an ally to people of color like people went through some like serious shit so that you can get on the internet and be like, ugh, white people, mm-hmm. you know, like we like take that for granted or like, we say like men are garbage and like everybody agrees with you. I'm like, no, no, like, like people like suffered for that to become a shorthand. And, and the fact that like, you just don't even know who you're like, I don't know, like your political ancestors are is so lazy. Mm-hmm. It's so lazy. It's like just read a fucking book. Like there's a book about everything. And the thing about reading and attributing to other people is that if the idea is bad, you don't take the fall. Like, yes. Stop <laughs> claiming Stop claiming things that you don't know anything about. I'm like I'm not trying. I'm like I am not inventing anything new here. I just read more than most of you. So like that's why I know things. Like that's why I know things about feminism because I literally read books about feminism. That's it. What are you reading right now? Oh my god, I just finished reading um both of Jessica Knoll's books, uh-huh. um, which some would say are about feminism. <laughs> <laughs> the favorite sister and luckiest girl alive. Uh-huh. And uh that made me really happy. I'm um so I just finished those. I'm looking at like what's on my table. I have an advanced reader's copy of Kiese Lehman's next book, Heavy. Oh. And uh and a lot of magazines. I'm in a like solid magazine rotation right nice. now. Nice. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Oh boy. Amina. This has been awesome. This was such a pleasure. I can't it even tell me you. So happy. I love that <sighs> we just talked about Kim for five minutes. I um, mean <laughs> I but it's a it, she's such a huge interesting cultural figure slash like a person we're all interacting with, even if it's one sided, every day. Like even more I mean, she's up there with our political figures not as much as trump oh my gosh um i mean she was with him is, last week yeah. she was with him for um for the purposes of prison whatever yeah prison reform and i'm like can you call it prison reform if you're just trying to get one lady out of jail like <laughs> i don't know but you know like it's the whole thing is crazy um can i tell you what i'm gonna do after this yes, yes. i um I'm finally dabbling in a new Dr. Bronner's. Oh, which is? They, um, I like, I am hyper loyal to the mint one, the peppermint one. Mm-hmm. 
in fact, like that's one beauty thing I was going to say that like in my house, like in my shower, almost everything is like mint flavor. Like because oh. it has that because I've bought that lie that like if it smells like this, then it's extra clean. I'm oh, that person. I believe that. Um, but there's a eucalyptus one now. Oh, another. Or I guess maybe it's been around forever, but like I do not mess around. Like I have been like a loyal user of the peppermint one, even though it definitely burns sometimes. Yeah, Dr. Brown is like <laughs> intense, really intense, potent shit. <laughs> I, I love Dr. I mean, you know, you could wash your car with it. So like clearly should you be washing your body with it? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to go try the eucalyptus one. And I love you. Like, the only thing I love more than peppermint smells is eucalyptus. So I'm like, wow, how is this going to interact in my house now? I'm excited for you. I am too. Will you keep us posted? Yeah, I'm curious please. if everything's going to change over to I'll the eucalyptus posted, side. But I'm really scared. Oh, Dory, also, I'm going to tell you, you need to start using, well, you don't need to, but if you're so inclined, uh, I want to hear your feelings about the Aesop uh, toothpaste. Oh, oh Okay. I will. Do you, uh, and do you use it and love it? I use it. I don't know that I love it yet because, again, with toothpaste, I like I needed to feel minty fresh. And uh, it's also like a weird childhood thing. It's like I don't like it when the toothpaste comes out white. It has to come out blue. Like it's completely mm. preposterous. But I have the a, Aesop one, like it keeps my I'm like, oh, I'm like, my teeth are super clean. I just started using a new toothpaste, actually, which is Schmidt's. Oh, Okay. I started using the Schmidt mint. Yeah, I started using their mint toothpaste. So, Amina, that might be something you want to check out. I, um, you know, <laughs> I might make an Instagram story about this. I've been hoarding toothpaste from around the world. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's so cool. Because that's my thing. It's like some people travel and they're like, "Here's a postcard," and I'm like, "No, no, I want whatever their toothpaste is, and oh, I, I want the soap, that. the like soap from here." Yeah. So I have this like a medicinal toothpaste from Portugal. And uh, it definitely tastes medicinal, like 100%, but it also is, like, great. It's made me, like, very happy. Yes, please Instagram story that. So I will, I'll report back in my um, toothpaste adventures. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see all of the, like, your world spread of toothpaste. Yeah, seriously. Listen, you can find anything on Amazon now. It's the best. Oh, that's true. True. Yeah. This is why I can't buy a house because I'm like buying toothpaste from around the world. <laughs> this is your avocado toast. It is. I'm like, sorry. Like, I just listen. That Dr. Bronner's is like $11. Like, you know, it's a big jug, though, right? You got the big size like that. Is it <sighs> No, I get like whatever the tall. I don't get the jug, but okay. I get the whatever the tallest one is. But let me tell you, the other day I like finally broke down and I use it to wash dishes. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, you know okay. you can wash anything, anything. With it, but it didn't feel right so i just washed the dishes so i could put them away and then i went and got dishwashing liquid and i washed them all over again okay. i was like this is <laughs> so i some you know how some people love the two-in-ones and dr Bronner really is like 37 in one i just i don't respect it you like a one-in-one I do. I just, I like it when things have specific purposes, even though in hotels I have been known to wash my body with the shampoo sometimes. Oh, you know, I think we've all been there. Totally. I know. It's, it's annoying. Okay, ladies. All right. Thanks friend. so much. This was so fun. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Mina. You this was great to best. chat with you. Um, thanks to both of you. I hope that you have a great day you and too. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I wish we could have kept Amina on the phone for like three hours. I'm such an Amina fangirl. I know. She's the best. She's the, the best. And I, um, I just, uh, she's just brilliant. I know. She's amazing. And uh, truly her Instagram truly. stories are a lifeline If to you me. are not following her on Instagram, do that immediately. She's at Amina too. We will put it on, we will put it in the show notes. But, yes. Um, yeah. You need to be following her. Um, so Kate, mm-hmm. last week, well, First of all, should we go back to what we talked about last week about writing thank you notes? Yes, let's do it. Our gratitude project. How did you do? I have my thank you note addressed and stamped here on the table. Kate, guess what? Oh my God. I have mine too. Uh, And you know what? I almost... There. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. We're not going to tell you who it's to, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, Oh, that's so cool, Dory. I think that's so nice that you wrote them a thank you note thank you mine is going to my in-laws <laughs> oh good and it felt kind of dorky but also amazing to write it and you know what they're gonna be so happy to get it i hope so i mean i felt it, it feels random i'm just like it's i just wanted to express my gratitude for all you did for me oh i love that but it felt really good to say it totally um if if listeners did this we would love to hear how it went yes like did you send a thank you note uh, was it acknowledged? I'm curious. Like they don't have to be acknowledged. No, the point is just the point to, is just to, to send them. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm curious. Like what what does it feel like to get or if, if you received one? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if a listener sent another listener a thank you? Note? I will literally <laughs> fall out of my chair. Um, but otherwise, you also had a gratitude related intention from last week. Yeah, I, I'm trying to write in my gratitude Facebook group every night. I think I missed last night, but otherwise I've been pretty consistent. And the cool thing is, is that other people are getting back into it too. So we're all in there gratting it up. And then I also committed to writing using my little journal planner thing. How's that going? I'm doing it. Sometimes I ha- I, ha- I have to really sit down and make myself do it. Yeah. Like yesterday, I kind of crammed it in at the end of the day, but it really just helps me remember what I have to do the following totally. day. And also, it's really nice to reflect on everything I did each day. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm using the front page to make a list of the to-dos and the back page to reflect on that day. Mm. And it's nothing fancy. It's kind of just a list of what I did. But I've stuck with it for this week anyway. That's great. Yeah, I'm liking it. And it's an at-a-glance uh, journal, which I'm so far really liking a lot. That's awesome. How is your planner going? It's going well. I've been doing it every night and then, and and in the morning. Um, and I I brought it with me. I remembered to bring it with me. I'm trying to like bring it with me it's wherever hard to I go. Remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's going well. And I kind of have the same feelings as you do. Like it's it's a nice little opportunity to reflect on the day, reflect what I did, how I was feeling. I don't, I don't write like a full length, like diary entry, but I'll make little notes about like how I was feeling about something or something made you happy or you were proud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, that's nice. And I think, I, I think that also having to do lists is just really helpful for me. Same. Um, like I have a, I have a couple of freelance stories that I'm working on and I, and I needed to get started on one of them in particular and I wrote it on my to-do list and, and you did it and I did it. And like, yeah. now it's like in motion. Um, and I think I would have probably just kept putting it off or like not done it. Um, if I hadn't actually written it down and there's power in, in seeing something written down like that. I wanted to show you this. I, this was a day from last week where I got to X, I write everything in blue pen and then I X out in a green pen, 
when I've completed it. So the color really helps me also just see what I've done. But boy, it felt so good to have a full list checked off. Like that's amazing. Satisfying. Anyway, we are planning it up. We are fully planning it up. What is your intention for this coming week? It is to clean out the drawer. Everyone has the drawer. You all have the drawer. We have the drawer. Mm -hmm. The drawer has gotten, I had organized it really nicely at the beginning of the year and now it is a mess and it's like, I can barely open and close it. There's like a huge stack of folders in there. I mean, it's just a freaking mess. You're making me remember the drawer in the kitchen growing up in my kitchen growing Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. and I like it was like a it was like a drawer of treasures like sometimes I would find like I remember finding like the uh like this like paper pin my mom had made when she was running for treasure of her high school class and I was like what that was in your drawer what is this doing in the drawer like it just (laughs) made no sense it was like a Mary Poppins bag totally (laughs) our drawer was mostly filled with gum rubber bands and toothpicks I'm trying to think of what else let me ask you something what would the drawer ideally consist of for us our drawer in the in my house now as an adult one it would be hyper organized with like multiple little compartments Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's such a weird drawer it's like stamps um paper clips Mm -hmm. um a lighter so i can light candles Mm. um what else is going on in there Uh, my kids allowance money my dog's medicate medicine and then folders where i have like stuff i've saved for my kids that i need to eventually kind of sort through i need to see this drawer how big is this drawer It's uh, I'm picturing, six feet, six feet long. Yeah, I'm picturing like a like a rubber band, like a small drawer. But no, this it's there's folders wide, involved. It's it's a wide drawer. Okay. Do you want to walk? Can we walk over to it together on the podcast? Um, oh no, we're no, attached see, to microphones. I'll see okay, later. I'll show Dory. I took a photo to post. Oh, good. And the Instagram a before photo. Oh, of okay. the drawer. All right. It's, it's bad, and I just have been shoving things into it because I'm like, well, this is already messy. I'm just going to add to the mess. Yes. I have a few sections like that where they're just anyway. Right. So you're going to meal plan this week. I see in our notes. I think I might meal plan. Um, Can I give you some recipes that I use this week that I like? Sure. Um, Yeah. I feel like finally our lives are sort of in a schedule like Matt's back at work. I'm kind of feeling like I'm in a, in a zone. Right. Um, And I would like to, especially with lunches. Mm Mm-hmm. I would like to have um, more consistently homemade things. Yeah. So that like Monday rolls around. Yes. And I'm so bad at, I'm so bad at just going to the grocery store and like getting staples. Like I'm like, I don't know what to get. So I would like to have a meal plan. So I kind of have a shopping list. I love that. That's what I did this week. I I hadn't meal planned in months and it was like really weighing on me. And so I just sat down on Sunday, fucking made the meal plan. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know what? So far, it's gone really well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, people are eating it. Or my kid rejected one of the meals, and so she had a string cheese. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Well, Dory, here we are. Here we are. Another Another podcast comes to an end. Indeed. (sighs) Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Kate Spencer and Dory Shafrir and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Please leave us Apple Podcast reviews because it really helps peeps find the show. And next week, we have Lauren Lapkus. Yay! 